Age is nothing but a number, except we're gamers, so we care very, very deeply about numbers. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. This week, we celebrate one year of Triple Click by updating our list of Triple Click picks and reminiscing about the past year. It's been a lot, but also, this show happened in it. That was cool. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And hello. 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 Hello We're here. We're here. We sure are. It's been a year of shows. I'm excited. I'm already saying that. I know we're not supposed to say that until we get to our topic, but I'm already excited. We've been doing this for a year. It's been a year, though. Happy anniversary, guys. (laughs) A year of Triple Club. A year. I got you both chocolates. Oh my gosh, thank you. And flowers and roses. No, no, Uh, thanks. Mine didn't arrive. Looking forward to it. Um, And and a rose emoticon, like an emoji I sent you. Is this like one of those old like e-cards that we would get in the early 2000s where you click it and a little gift plays and the card opens up and it says, (laughs) one year, thanks, buddy. And it's like a picture. Or it's one of those gifts with all of our heads like talking. Our our mouths move and Uh, we're all like, we've been on maximum fun for a whole year and we love it. (laughs) Speaking of which, we have been on Max Fun as a podcast for a full year. That is technically what we are celebrating today. And if you don't know what that is, it is our podcast network and it's wonderful and you should become a Max Fun member. And if you do become a member, you can get bonus episodes from us once a month. And you should go to MaximumFun.org slash join to do that. Also, in a couple weeks, uh, we are going to have the Max Fun Drive, which is this super awesome, cool event where if it you really want to bump is. up your membership level, you can get some really cool rewards. And as part of Max Fun Drive, uh, on May 4th, we are going to do a Twitch live stream of our regular episode recording. So that's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. And it'll be on our Twitch channel, the Triple Click Twitch channel. And we will hang out with you and talk to you and you'll get to see our faces while we record an episode of the show. <laughs> yes. It'll be great. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. You can get a sense of how many mistakes we make that I don't know. <laughs> and they'll all be edited out for the regular app right, that comes out exactly. on Thursday. That'll be a totally different show. It, it'll be like two episodes. Right. So if you want to make the comparison, you got to be there for the live episode. You can hear the pre-Bing uh, episode of Triple Click. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'll yes. just be like, wrong facts constantly like all the stuff that Kirk has to edit <laughs> yeah. out it's gonna fix be it wild. in post yeah. it'll be amazing well it turns out the three of us actually spend most of the episode just screaming at each other like getting into fights <laughs> and Kirk has, oh, to, has yeah. to cut them all out arguing and screaming incorrect facts at one yes, another. that's exactly. pretty much our whole process <laughs> none of us have ever played Final Fantasy 6 and none no, of us no, knows the names of the characters and we just it's scream true. at each other I actually other. don't own any video game systems no, I mean I editing wizardry Kirk you really make it seem like yeah yeah it's amazing what you can do with a computer these days finally the truth will come out and it's terrifying so you should probably become a max fun member while you still believe in us on any level anyway um happy one year anniversary to you two happy anniversary Uh, how should we celebrate kirk let us know yeah so it's been a year it's it's been a year. It seemed like a long year and a short year at the same time. Um, flat circle, what is time, etc. All the things that we all say to one another at this point <laughs> because of our weirdly compressed and distended view 
of the passage of time. So we've been doing this for a year. Thanks, of course, to everyone who has listened to us. And what a year it's been. Man, what a year to launch a new show. I know, show. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and in some way, oh, gosh. So we're going to talk. This is going to be an interesting episode. We're going to relax the format a little bit. We're just going to talk about this past year and how it's been for the three of us since it's been one year of Triple Click, but it's also been, as you mentioned, as everyone knows, a hell of a year in so many different ways and, you know, obviously continues to be pretty crazy times in all of our lives and in the society in which we live as well. But but this last year has just been really interesting. And I think actually Triple Click has been a, an interesting through point, at least for me and I think for the two of you as well, like a through mm-hmm. line for that wild year. So I think that looking at this year and then the year of the show and video games and everything will be kind of cool. So that's what we're going to do. But first... We're going to do something else because it's been a year at Triple Click. We are going to update the Triple Click picks for the Ooh. very first time. Ooh. So yes. last August, we released an episode that some of you have probably heard. Most of you probably heard. Some of you maybe didn't. And it was Triple Click Picks Volume 1. And what we did was we picked 10 games that were the games that we think rule basically the three of us <laughs> kind of wholeheartedly endorse these 10 games and we talk about them a lot we reference them a lot on the show as well so if you're really like 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 our taster you know one of our tasters think that we're kind of you know on your wavelength when it comes to video games and listen to the show a lot you should play these 10 games and then you'll kind of have more of a sense of our frame of reference so we are now going to do our first update because the plan is we're going to just periodically update this list, add new games, take old games off. And uh, I think there's been enough new games now that we can make a few swaps. So we're going to mm. talk about that first, and then we'll talk about 2020 and into 2021 in the first year of Triple Click. So let's start with the existing list. So I'm going to read. No, I've, I've already been talking. Maddie, why don't you read the existing list? What is the, what sure. is the list of uh, okay. the current Triple Click picks? These are in no particular order, I believe. I think that was what we landed on so that we mm-hmm. could all emotionally handle having to make a, a list of 10 games. Yes, they're not. Yes. They're in no order. No order. The first game is Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. Second one is Return of the Obra Dinn. Third is Hollow Knight. Fourth is Outer Wilds. Five is Destiny 2. Sixth game is Bloodborne. Seventh is Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. To clarify. (laughs) Eighth is Divinity Original Sin 2. The ninth game is Hitman 2. And the tenth game is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. All right. I read this list and I could not believe that Hades wasn't on it because I have no perception of time anymore. I just (laughs) thought it was already on there. I'm not saying we should add it, but I also am saying we should add it. That's well, my no, opening this, gambit. Well, the list came out before Hades was out. I know. That's why. Yeah. I okay. know. But it just, in my head, I feel like we've talked mm-hmm. about Hades so much on the show at this point that I just mm-hmm. felt like it must already be on there. And when I wasn't remembering the list, I was like, okay, what's on there? Oh, you know, probably Destiny 2, Breath of the Wild, <laughs> uh, Hades is on there. Like, I just invented <laughs> that it was there. Um, So, yeah, yeah. I think Hades is a really good pick. Before we talk Hades, because Hades is going to have to bump something off. There is no equivalent. I I think there are a couple of swaps we can talk about that are pretty easy. And uh, back in the days of the Kotaku days where we all worked together in editing the the bests list for Kotaku, which I was always in charge of, sort of a similar process. And there were always times where there was just like a really clear cut swap. Uh Those were always the easiest ones to dispense with first. So... My vote is that we do that. Um, one that I think is is just very easy. And uh, of course, these will be tentative because it could be that we wind up bumping these games off entirely. But I, I think that Hitman 3 for Hitman 2 
is a no brainer because Hitman yeah. Three contains Hitman Two yeah. and yep. is like the culmination of the whole thing. So that just yeah, seems very easy. easy. Mm-hmm. I so agree. I think okay. Cool. That was an easy one. Yeah, I think um, that's the only easy swap here. Yep, right. I agree. So the next one is a little less easy. I would propose it as a swap, but I'm not totally sure where we're going to wind up on it because I don't even know how I feel. And that's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which came out last fall. Maybe subbing in for Assassin's Creed Odyssey or maybe not. Um, Jason, what do you think? Yeah, well, I I was thinking, uh, I was maybe thinking that we sub Hades in for Assassin's Creed okay, Odyssey. Okay. So, because mm-hmm. they're both Greek gods yeah. and so forth. Yeah, replace so one easy. Greek game with another. But I'm looking at this list, and I think the other weakness is Destiny 2. And I think we should first decide what to do with Destiny 2, because this is a game that, while it feels kind of integral to the entire um, the split screen of the show. in the what past, are you even and yeah. like split screen is a quick experience. Yeah. But not, none of us have played it for months. I haven't played it really in, yep. in like at least a year. Um, Even I so, haven't played it for months, and also I was one of the only ones playing it for right. the bulk of 2020. And so. it's hard for me to really recommend a game that I don't keep up with anymore and can't see myself picking up again, really ever, yes. unless something totally drastic changed in it. Um, mm-hmm. So my proposal actually is going to so Hitman three for Hitman two, yes, easy, easy, easy move. My proposal is going to be Hades for Destiny two. Let's start off with there. Um, and okay. then we can get but into Assassin's Creed. But you sidestepped the other question, though. Well, because the Assassin's Creed, I want to determine first if we're going to keep Odyssey in the first right. place. And there are then... some contingencies here, so we want to do this one first. That makes sense. Um, so Hades for Destiny 2. What do you guys think? Maddie, what do you think? I, f- I feel conflicted because I, I know that the next argument is whether or not Valhalla should replace Odyssey. And I don't know if I agree with that. So Well, I, maybe I'm... we could get rid of both of them and replace them both with something else. Potentially, yes. Mm. I I don't hate getting rid of Destiny 2 in general. I'll say that at least. I, I think your argument is sound and, and it, its standing is very weak. And I agree Hades should be there. I don't feel like those two games have anything to do with one another. But I, I do agree with you that like getting rid of Destiny or at least giving it a sort of honorable mention, emeritus status, however you want to refer <laughs> to this in the future, is that at one time Destiny 2 is on the list and now now it is enshrined in the Triple Click Picks Hall of Fame forevermore. Yes. <laughs> it's a Hall of Famer. Um, but it, but also Hades is getting added. I guess that's fine. That that's fine. I'm approving of it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of there just any game that was on this list is a good game. <laughs> like if yeah. you made it onto the triple click picks at any point, because at some point a lot of games will have come on and then been taken off. Like they're all good games, Brent. Um, so <laughs> Destiny Two. What I like is what you said, Jason. Is you're like I never I can never see myself playing it again, barring some huge change, because that makes me think, what would it take? <laughs> Probably for like a Twitch start... stream of the three of us playing it again. I don't know. I could see. That oh, but happening. for me to like really start playing Destiny Two right. again, yeah, like yeah, yeah, what yeah, would yeah. it take? Like what would that game? Because I have so little interest I at this point. I think like maybe Destiny, Destiny 3, Three, maybe a new, a yeah. totally new race, a totally new like class, a total something totally new. I don't know. Even then, even Destiny Three, I'm like I'm kind of just done. Like I, so I I. In other words, agree that I think it's in a weak spot on the list. I like having mm-hmm. one service game on it, um, and I like paying tribute to the fact that this game was like a huge thing uh, for me and you, Jason. And then also a really fun thing, Maddie, as you picked it up after we both kind of stopped. And mm-hmm. it's been there for a lot of our sort of time working together, but none of us play it. And and it's also it's not just that we don't play it. It's that like I don't even know 
if the version that exists right now is good or not. It's like impossible right. to tell. So we're kind of telling mm -hmm. people to play a game that none of us plays. And because it's a live game that changes, it isn't like, you know, I, I'm not actively playing Breath of the Wild. I mean, I'm kind of actively playing Breath of the Wild. Um, wait, <laughs> we all are. We're all playing it right now playing, as we do this uh, show. No, I'm playing Disco Elysium too. I am not actively playing Return of the Obra Dinn, but I know that the version of Return of the Obra Dinn that well, it's yeah, someone yeah. plays now yeah. is the same. as. It's funny you say that though. Because that was the game I was thinking I would propose that we replace Hades with was Oprah mm. Din, actually, because it's another, it's an indie narrative game. And so in my head, I was kind of like, well, to keep the spirit of the list intact, I'm not even saying they're that similar. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're kind of not similar, but there isn't another game that's similar to Hades on this list. And I just thought that since Oprah Din was an older game and we don't refer to it that much anymore, I mean, it's good, but it's, it's older. Yeah. I, I thought it was weak for that reason, but... I can also see the argument for Destiny 2. None of us are currently playing it. Well, so the reason we don't refer to Obra Dinn is because it's one of those games that is just like a very special 10 hours, but then there's nothing to really talk about afterwards. And I think right. there's a lot of merit in something like that, like a game that'll stick with you forever, but like you don't necessarily be needing to like talking about the new updates or whatever, or like mm -hmm, how it mm -hmm. how it uh, how it's changing these days. And in fact, I would mm -hmm. argue that Obra Dinn is still like such a special experience for people who come into it blind. Like my wife played it recently and and like it blew her mind um so yeah i, I think Oberdin is a keep at least in my book and and i think destiny 2 i think we all kind of agree that destiny 2 should go yeah. and it feels like hades is an obvious win for the list and something a game we are all obsessed with mm -hmm. i think then that it sounds like we're all three on board with that swap and then we can look at the odyssey thing and let's let's keep that pretty much happening so hades is going to take destiny 2's spot yeah. and now let's look at ac odyssey and talk about valhalla and then the other two kind of wild card games that are out there that I think are worth considering from last August till now is Demon Souls Remake and Dark Souls, both of which, you know, Maddie, you've been playing a lot of Dark Souls. One of which I added. Well, no, but I think I thought about adding it as well. And then I was like, well, but Demon Souls is actually recent. And I know yes. Jason and I both play that and I really mm -hmm. loved it. And I haven't played it left, but I haven't played it yet, but it's like guaranteed that I'll enjoy it. So yeah, it's, you, there's you a will. strong it's, argument it's really for good. it being on the list. Yeah. You might like it more than Dark Souls also. I know. I think there's I a strong argument for Demon's Souls because it's so pretty and so accessible and like so such a perfect game to like play now. Um as opposed right. to Dark Souls, which is great, but like hasn't aged well in some ways. Um and I also think one nice thing about Demon's Souls is that it's like it's a little more forgiving than Dark Souls. Like it's much harder to totally screw yourself over because you have this like one base right. of operations and like a frame of reference for like, okay, these are all places that I can go and like I can just come back anytime and like you're not going to get screwed because you get cursed and lost half your health in the middle of the depths. Because <laughs> like maybe like, you oh fell in the frog hole. Just like you know? yeah. for example, you wouldn't for, stop playing the game example, at that point and as, never return to it again. Just, <laughs> just as a, as a for instance, as, a, as in for instance. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think I think Demon Souls is is a strong strong contender. Okay, I think that I agree with that. So let's that's a good initial point is that I think Demon Souls is a stronger contender than Dark Souls. Are you cool I with that, Maddie? That. Okay. Cool. Are we saying it would replace Bloodborne though? So here's the that's the next question. No, 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 no. That's the thing. So, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> I like Bloodborne better as a game than Demon Souls by a lot, even though mm -hmm. Demon Souls is in some ways like a more welcoming game, like you mentioned, Jason. I do think that it's a lot easier than Dark Souls has been for me for sure. And then Bloodborne definitely. It's just like 
it was the first one or it was like kind of the you know i know there's kingsfield and whatever but yeah, it was like the kind first of the first Souls one game yeah. and when you play it mm-hmm. you can really tell you're like oh a lot of these bosses are just kind of not that hard and that's nice i think for people coming into it even though yeah. it's certainly a challenging game um and that the exploration is actually kind of more hard in some ways um i like that those parts of Souls games more actually than the boss fights. So it's a really great one where like the world is so cool and the levels are so cool, but the bosses are generally like, oh, okay, I figure it out and you kind of beat them. Um, but the story's like fine and stuff, but Bloodborne's story and world and that whole spell that that game casts is on a whole other level. And like for me, that's just so special that if it were between those two, it's no question for me. It doesn't, I don't even think there's a question there. I, I think this game could definitely support two from games. Like I don't think it's an either or thing. In fact, so right. my proposal would be forgetting the two Assassin's Creed games. We'll we'll save. We'll wait for the for the next Assassin's Creed. Um, we just mm. put Demon Souls in that tenth slot instead of Odyssey. So mm-hmm. I don't hate that. I don't either. Even though I haven't beaten either of those games, but I'm so into Dark Souls now that I feel like having two yeah. from games on the list makes a kind of spiritual sense according to what we're talking about now. You right. know what I mean? Like, like it reflects the current, <laughs> the current point. era of triple mm-hmm. click and things the three of us are talking about a lot. No, which it's true. Is a part of how the list operates. Yeah, and like the way that we talk about Assassin's Creed right now, as much as I like Valhalla, I've been coming back to it at times and being like, I'm gonna take a big chunk out of this, and man, it's just so big. And like a lot of the context for talking about Assassin's Creed on this show is like these games are so big and kind of exhausting. Like as yeah. Valhalla has a lot of cool stuff going on, cool story stuff and whatever. But I mean, Demon Souls, I was like friggin' obsessed with and loved. So that is a good Demon point. Demon Souls I, is I, a great length, by the way. It's yeah, it's and a really it's a PlayStation. Length. It's like a next gen game. It's like a yes. true next gen game in a yeah, way that true. very few games are. This is that's unexpected. This is interesting. I know. So, I, know. Yeah. I wasn't expecting any Assassin's Creed game to get knocked off. All right, great. So congratulations to Hades, uh, Hitman Three, and the Demon Souls remake for making it onto the Triple Click Picks Volume Two list. That'll be in the show notes, and uh, we'll be back probably in like six months or so with another update for this, and it'll uh, it'll keep evolving as mm-hmm. we go. And you know, congratulations also to Destiny Two and Hitman Two <laughs> and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You made the first version, you know. Yeah. And now you're now you're Good garbage games. and you're bad games and everybody oh, hates yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I, yeah. I take back what I said. They're all three bad games now, and yes. no one should play them. And yeah, that's just so how it is. They're done. They're, they're done. We'll never be discussed on this show again. Okay. So now, it's 2021. It's been a year of triple click. We've been making this this show for a year together, which is just been an interesting thing because we made a show before, but this is a very different process. It's an independent thing that we all own and just do for our own reasons, which is a surprisingly different experience, I think, than what we were doing before, doing it for a job. Maddie, I know you had mentioned that uh, you had some thoughts about that. So I'm I'm interested in, in what you think about how this year has been. Yeah, all good. It would be funny if this was the moment when I was like, so I'm quitting now. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. No, it rules. And I think this is the part that's perhaps a little more invisible to the listener is the difference between doing this show on the clock as part of our jobs at Kotaku, which, you know, is very fun. It's awesome. It it ruled to get to do that and doing it as an actual part-time thing outside of our day jobs, outside of our other jobs. Uh, who knows what Kirk Hamilton's doing with his days? We, how would one even describe that? Who can say? He just plays saxophone and eats burritos. Yeah, yes. that's his full-time job regularly. <laughs> and then me and Jason are doing whatever it is that we do. But mm-hmm. this, this is a very intentional shift for the three of us to be like, we are going to continue doing the show with the three of us even though each of us has left Kotaku in staggered ways, but we're going to continue doing the show. 
and then also reimagine what we want the show to be now that it's ours. And that's a really special thing. And it's also just been cool to get to do it for a year and to get to approach the show in that type of way and week to week plan it and think about what we want to do. It's not to say anybody at Kotaku is telling us what to do per se, but I, I do think there's a different vibe to having it be totally independent from from Polygon or Bloomberg or, you know, saxophone.com, which Kirk runs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Congrats, no, by the way, on getting that off the ground. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, yeah. It's incredible you got that URL. There, there's just a different vibe to it that I think rules and is is just, I don't know, it's made the year very cool for me. Yeah, it feels very different when you have ownership over a thing. As media professionals, we all know how awful it can be to like see to realize that this thing you've put your heart into for years and years is actually owned by some chuds who are from private <laughs> yeah. equity and can do whatever they want with it. And so yeah. for us to be like, hey, we're making this thing that we like put our time into every week and our, our, a lot of time and a lot of resources into every week, um, but it's ours. That is just so cool and really awesome to be able to do and um yeah it's cool it's been fun there's a funny subtle thing i think related to what you were talking about maddie where when you're part of a big organization like a big media organization you kind of just you you cover things because you just think you have to a lot of the Mm -hmm. time i think Mm -hmm. it's something i've noticed with triple click is that we don't there are just games we don't talk about like there are things that come out and there isn't just a sense of like, well, someone's got to get on that. We really need to cover this. It just doesn't matter because the point of the show isn't to be this comprehensive guide to all things happening in video games. It's just to sit down for an hour each week and talk about whatever we think is interesting and then to pick weekly topics that we all want to talk about kind of more Mm -hmm. than anything else. Like there's very rarely a sense of obligation of like, well, we all really need to play, you know, whatever new game is coming out. So, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to carve out time to play this thing. And I sort of hate it. Yeah. Or we all have assignments at work and we're all working right. together and we're like, well, mm-hmm. the three of us each have our assignments. We're already doing at work. So I guess we'll mm-hmm. talk about those on the show. It's like there's some of that. There's certainly been weeks I've come in and been like, I'm working on playing this game for Polygon, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about it. But it's much more, okay, I mean, we're, we're all playing, yeah, <laughs> certain games, we shall not name them. I played for polygon.com, but we're all playing Final Fantasy VI right now. Like we're all, maybe we would have done that for split screen, maybe not, who can say, but it, it is, it is fun to have multiple episodes devoted to a game that it's not in the news right now. It's just something that we're mm-hmm. playing together and we're talking about together because that's how we chose to set up our show. And that's neat. Yeah. There's a. When I left Kotaku, it was before the two of you, and I'm, not, I'm doing music shit and like not any other video game stuff. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, it was like the Kotaku show was still happening in that context, and then I was just this guy who was coming in to talk. And then like when we started doing our own thing, it shifted the energy a little bit. And there's such a like being not doing any other video game stuff, and then on, like the only reason I really play games in that kind of worky way that you start doing when you're writing about games like the okay I'm playing this I've got my sort of critical antenna up I'm thinking about things (laughs) that I can play like at this point I'm not on Twitter I'm not like (laughs) making YouTube videos so like I'm not really capturing video of games very much anymore and I'll catch myself doing it like I'll I'll like record a thing that was really cool and then I'll think I I literally have nothing I can do with this like I can Uh I'm not going to tweet a gif of it or a video of it I'm not you know, going to make a Kotaku post out of it, certainly. Welcome and it's to kind being of being a normal person. Kirk. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, and it's so it's almost that, but it isn't because I still have this show, which is actually like a great amount 
of video game like requirements in my life because it doesn't have to be much like if I'm busy a weekend or something which happens or I just don't play games for a little while it's fine like there's plenty of stuff we can still talk about on the show and I don't have that kind of job obligation of like well if I'm not playing the new thing and coming up with opinions about it like well what am I even doing like what are they paying me for Mm -hmm. you know I'm not on the hook in that way. Yeah, I feel like part of it for me is that I do so much more editing now and like big picture stuff, which I really love doing, as you both know, because sometimes you've worked with me when I've done it. And Mm -hmm. I I don't have that many occasions at work to review games or write about games or opine about games, although I try to carve out the time, of course, when I can. Um, But this show is like a weekly time when I get to just put my critic hat back on again and also do it in a fun way with two other smart people, which I don't know, it. It, it's very complimentary, but it's also true that um, when I was thinking about leaving Kotaku way back in the day, which happened <laughs> at least for me around the time of the Deadspin walkout, I was like, I want to try to do something else. I did have a moment of being like, do I want to keep doing video games anymore? And one of the thoughts I had when we were talking about doing a show with the three of us after Kotaku Mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe that should be my only thing. Maybe I should just do the podcast and then do other stuff. Kirk Hamilton Pull like style. Kirk Hamilton, yeah. Yes, but that's what they call I'm, it. <laughs> I'm really glad that I haven't done that because I feel like part of 2020 for me has been falling back in love with games. Not that I ever fell out of love, but also trying genres I wouldn't have necessarily tried. And some of that is actually to the credit of the two of you. I mean, we joke around about Destiny 2 and Dark Souls all the time, but it is true that I don't think I would have tried those games if it weren't for you Mm. two. And I've enjoyed them a whole bunch. And it's just funny that I'm playing them not at the same time as you. But I do Mm. think there is something cool about having an outlet that is not my full-time job, but is about the joy of video games and sharing something and re-stimulating my brain as opposed to just being locked into the news cycle that Polygon does so well. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a different form of stimulation and thinking about games that also rules. Yeah, so when we started this show, I remember when we were talking about it, we were talking about some of our goals, we were talking about what we wanted. We were talking about this for a long time, I remember, because um, all of us knew that, like, even, like, we all knew, even before the Deadspin thing, we knew, like, we're not going to be a Kotaku forever, and we all love Mm -hmm. podcasting together, so we're going to do something new down the road. And we were saying, like, we don't know when it'll be, but, like, we want to keep podcasting the three of us together no matter what. And I remember when we were deciding, like, what is this new thing we're going to build? We had a few goals. One was to be listener-supported, and thank you to all of you listeners and thanks to the (laughs) listeners who who like have made it viable for us to keep doing this which is awesome like the amount of support we've gotten has just been mind-boggling but also we had what I think two two goals that at least stuck in my mind one was to be like a podcast for um everyone and not just like the Kotaka readers and hardcore gaming enthusiasts like and and like people who are out there who are just like adults who don't have a lot of spare time to play games and maybe play an hour of a game a day and like don't follow up on all the news like we want it to be a podcast that appeals to them and I think we've been able to do that I've I've heard some feedback from folks who are like yeah that's that's me and I love the show and the second thing is I really wanted this to be a show that like um felt kind of timeless and it was a type of show where you could go back and listen through the backlog anytime 
And that kind of plays into what you were talking about, where like I don't feel like this show needs to be talking about the news every week as much as like back in the day when we started, some people were kind of like, where's the news section? Um, but that's very much not what we wanted to do because we want this to be a show that like doesn't you require you to keep up with all the all the news and know everything that's going on and have to be listening to that. And and we want this to be a show that like in five years you can go back and listen to every episode of Triple Click and just have a great time doing it. Um, and I really like that. I think we've accomplished those goals. We need to come up with some new goals now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah, maybe maybe we do. I think our, accomplishing our, our set goals when we set the show out are, are that's a pretty good thing to have done. Now we can just yeah. keep making the same show that we're happy with. Maddie, I really like. I I think that between the two things that you both just said, there's kind of like a cool thing that has been nice for me this past year. And it's having a place to just share in really liking video games, which isn't always what I get out of video game media or like it wasn't what I was getting out of working at Kotaku. And it's a, Mm. a thing that I've just come to over the last few years of there's a big difference between playing video games and thinking about them and liking them and like talking with people about them and following video game news. And somehow the two things are like always really linked. And I think it's just because news is like exciting and there's always, there's kind of conflict and there's new stuff happening and you can debate with people about it. It's (laughs) news. Yeah. Yeah. So it inspires people to want to talk. And so then it's natural that there's a lot of discussion around it. And then it, it can start to feel as though that is the primary discussion happening around video games even though when i hang out with like my tabletop gaming group which is a a, i think a good example of the kind of people you're talking about Mm -hmm. uh, jason like they some of them like video games some of them don't have as much time um they a couple of them have kids a couple don't it's like they're kind of grown-up people with an x amount of time for recreation each week and they're not they don't really care about news it's very rare that i'm like hey and like i guess the GameStop thing like there's yeah, like well, times where yeah, like that's that wasn't really gaming there's, there's, some, there's example, some news yeah. that's transcendent when i think of gaming news i should say to be cl- to be clear i'm thinking about like the churn that's like a, a daily stuff that you see on mm-hmm. reset or whatever which is definitely i mean i read that stuff i'm interested in that stuff but like that's not sure. the type of thing that like most of our listeners would care about Right. Mm -hmm. Where there's just I've really been more aware of the difference between talking about that kind of thing and then just like getting together and talking about video games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it it can be all these different topics. Like it doesn't just have to be like we all played a game and what did we think of it? Like there are so many different ways to talk about video games, but it has been nice to kind of just carve out what feels like a little niche. And I should mention that a really cool thing from this last year has been the triple click discord. This is going to sound corny, Uh but like we just sort of corny. We're leaving. Yeah. We're being kind of embrace. It's been a year. We get to be corny. We're, we're allowed. Um, there's a, so we launched this discord server and all these people joined um, and they're still there. And it's like moderated by members of the Discord and they, it basically runs itself. It's a totally just like a listener community that we occasionally like, I'll just pop in and be like, I need to talk to someone about Monster Hunter, you know? And like, that's really <laughs> if fun. You, if you to, go to the sports channel, you'll see me posting. Very right. Often. That's where Jason <laughs> is. Um, but it's, it's cool because the vibe there, there are news channels and people talk about the news, but there's a lot of just like everyone there is like playing Souls games. And there's <laughs> every time I log in, it'll just be someone's like, hey, I just picked up Hollow Knight and I, you know, I'm trying to get get into it and get past this like thing in the early levels. Like, what should I do? And then there's people kind of helping out. And it feels much more of that just the feeling that I had when I talked about video games with my friends when I was a kid, which mm-hmm. was never about what, you know, studio acquisitions or even game announcements or whatever. It was just like, oh man, like we're playing this thing. Look at this thing. Like, 
like, yeah. how does this thing work? Or I'm trying to get good at this thing. And I, I enjoy that we're, I think, questing after that energy and feel like we're, we're finding it. Mm-hmm. We are. And I, I think just the fact that it happened this year, I mean, extremely obvious statement, but a lot of people started playing video games again this year yeah. because mm-hmm. of the circumstances of all of our lives. And that is just true. And I, over the course of this show, if someone were to listen to it, I feel like you could chart like, uh, my girlfriend's interest in games like increasing. And I feel like I've seen that in her life, which has been really fun for me, but it's also like, you know, her getting the switch and then like now she's playing it in the other room. Like it, it's just, it's been cool to see that in a micro level of my own life. And then also see it in stuff like the triple click discord and like people who read polygon or whatever, various ways that I interact with readers and listeners of the show where people are like, I'm only now getting back into games. Mm-hmm. What should I do? What should I play? And having a show where we all already try to cultivate a vibe of being like, yeah, we're already doing this, but also like, it's fine if this is the first time you've ever played any video game and we're not going to judge you for it. And we're still excited to talk to you about Hades or whatever it is. I'm very Mm -hmm. proud to be a part of something that cultivates that energy as Mm -hmm. opposed to what you don't already own every console. (laughs) Like this is your first time getting a console and it's a switch, whatever. Like I, it's all the energy that, the, it's the way that games media was when I started in games media and mm-hmm. it's changed. And I feel like we are a part of that. Even if it's a small part, we're still a part of that. And I think that rules also. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. It's also been cool to have this constant during the pandemic. And I'm sure I, we've heard from a lot of listeners who are like, thank you for like helping us get through the pandemic. Like every Thursday we listen to you. Like uh, uh, we appreciate it. Like, like it's, it's so much cool. It's so cool to have this thing, this consistent thing, but it's also the same for us. Like the three of us, at least for me, it's <laughs> yeah. like every yeah. single Tuesday at 6 PM, which is when we record. Um, it's like, Oh man, cool. This is like my, my, uh, it's like a, a constant. It's like an, lost when Desmond has this constant it's like a constant every single <laughs> oh, week where, your penny. where it's like I get to hang out with Kirk and Maddie at six every week and it's cool yeah. because it's like it's 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 fun to have these conversations and to record them but it's also cool to have just like a built-in excuse to like get on Skype with you two and shoot the shit for a while which I enjoy mm-hmm. uh to get mm-hmm. to get a little sappy here I have very much enjoyed having that be part of my life for the best uh year yeah, it's been a funny thing. I, I feel the same way. And it's nice that it's like a work commitment, kind of one of my only recurring weekly commitments. But it's every time I do it, I'm always like, oh, that was just sort of fun. Like, well, besides maintaining yeah. saxophone.com, which you have yeah, to do. Well, yeah, which is right. a huge work every, commitment. Right. Yeah. Kind of a lot of work. It's a very popular <laughs> website. Uh, you'd be shocked to hear. Um, yeah. But, you know, like making strong songs or whatever is much more like, OK, I need to set aside time. And it's like a big project. Each one like takes a lot of work. And it's that's very fun. And I look forward to doing it. But there are times where I'm like, oh, OK, I got to work all afternoon on this thing. This show never feels that way. Like it's always like, OK, well, I have this set time. And then you get to hang out and talk to people because there's like an exchange of energy that happens when you're talking to other people. That's just a different thing. And it's been interesting how podcasts have sort of shifted over the course of the pandemic. Um, we both, I, I think you both still read Hot Pod, the uh, mm-hmm. Nicholas Quaz newsletter yeah. all about all about Kirk podcasts. Kirk is obsessed kind of with a, Hot Pod. Have we yeah. talked about this on the show? I, I love Hot Pod. It's because it's called <laughs> Hot Pod. It's just like... It's good. Uh, it's a little long. I, I never read it all. But there's a ton in good. there, yeah. But mm-hmm. if you're very into podcasting, and he talked at the beginning a lot, there was so much discussion in the podcast industry about like, you know, are people going to listen to podcasts when so yeah. many fewer people are commuting? And a lot of the yeah, times when yeah. people listen to podcasts, like, is going to go away. And I haven't had a commute for a while because I work from home. So I wasn't totally sure how it would work. And it's turned out like people still listen. And I think it's 
you find time to listen to something that you want to listen to. And I feel the same way that some people say they feel about Triple Click, about other podcasts, like mm-hmm. where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so glad this exists. Like, it just feels like I'm hanging out with these people and I get to just have this consistent dynamic that is sort of passive. I can just chill out and listen to it. And it's really nice. And I think that that is nice in a way that a lot of other things actually weren't throughout the pandemic. Like, there isn't anything else that that fills that gap for me anyways. And it's been cool to sort of be both making something like that and then also, of course, listening to other shows and uh, and just sort of watching as everybody evolves their relationship with, like, listening to people. I'm, like, obviously very into listening, but I think that uh, it's it's cool to do everything I do now is, like, making podcasts or making things people listen to. And, like, audio-only spaces are very interesting to me. And it's cool to see them become, you know, more popular and more varied and people trying all this new stuff. Like, that is, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Never really thought about you as an audio only person, but now yeah. that's that's right. That is who yeah. you are. I think about it with strong songs because like a lot of people are like, why don't you make a YouTube channel? Because there are right. YouTube music YouTubers who are super successful um, yeah. and great. Like they do great work and you can show things visually, but I'm, I really like making people listen. And it's, it's mm-hmm. the same here. It's like there's just something about it's just your mind's eye and you just are hearing the voices, even if you're not doing music and explaining stuff like the way we make a show, like you're just listening to people talk, but you don't see them. And I think there's like a great power there um, of, of like hearing people and imagining what they look like just through the tone of their mm-hmm. voice. Cause we can communicate so much through the tones of our voices. And- Speaking of which, don't miss us on Twitch yeah, in two weeks on May 4th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll don't be on Twitch and people are going to see our different type of episode where <laughs> yeah. you can yeah. see us. See our weird uh... monitor washed out faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> As we, our, uh... our rooms that we record in Kirk's looks way cooler than ours. Uh, I don't know fine. about that. We all we all have our own sorts of mess, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll that'll be cool too. I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to occasionally doing video things, but I think, I don't know, building a little audio space has been very cool, and it's been just sort of a a reliable and calming thing throughout a year that just. When I think about all the things that happened this year. Yeah, um, not reliable and not calming. No, is how I would like, describe most of it. Yeah. yeah. It's striking how the exact, like the show itself, I was just going, looking back through all the episodes and it's just kind of like, yeah, this game, that thing, this topic, like it's, it's very, it's very like low key and, and steady in a way Uh where I'm like, oh man, this was, you know, three days after this apocalyptic event or like that massive (laughs) scandal or like that huge protest and that outrage over this horrible thing. And you're like, it's, it is kind of nice (laughs) to just see this, this consistent thing. Mm -hmm. Which I think was for us too even in the moment we were like well we have the benefit of knowing that this will continue i know it was a comfort to me throughout the year to be like well i'm gonna talk about hades with my friends and it's Mm -hmm. gonna be an hour (laughs) and it's gonna be great and Mm -hmm. then the rest of the week will keep being bad right (laughs) at least there will be this thing and yeah man i'm so grateful i i was like uh, someone asked me the other day i Stop me if I've said this on the show before. Maybe I said it just to you two. You but probably have. We all repeat ourselves. We all repeat ourselves constantly. Um, I was on MinMax the other day, and they were and and Ben Hansen, who's a great interviewer, was like, "What is surprising most about Triple Click?" And I was like, "That how quickly it took for us to get all of our split screen listeners." I think I said this last week on the show. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's been awesome to just like see the support from all of you guys out there listening and um, seeing how many people support us. Not, not just financially, financially is financially is great. Don't get me wrong, but like also even just listening to the show and sharing it with friends and talking about it online has just been really awesome 
to see. And so yeah. we all appreciate all of you. We do. So happy birthday. Triple happy click birthday. To us. T- here's, here's to Triple Click and to many, many more birthdays We're one. after this one. Thank you all so much. If you've been there since the start, we really appreciate you. And uh, yeah, here's to many more. All right, let's take a break and then we'll be back with one more thing. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on max fun drive 2021 is coming it'll be may 3rd to may 14th To get in the spirit, we ask folks like you to let us know what Maximum Fun and our shows mean to them. You know, the the Maximum Fun Network is really important to me because it is not just a collection of podcasts, but it is a lifestyle and a value system. The podcasts frequently and deftly float between meaningful and irreverent, in one moment drawing attention to social issues, and in another making dick jokes about Klingons. It shouldn't work, but it does. And I have to believe it's because Max Fun's podcasts are, at their core, thoughtful and kind and human during a time that has often felt cold and isolated. So keep being great and doing what you do. Max Fun Drive will be May 3rd to May 14th, 2021, and you won't want to miss it. Brilliant apps, drive exclusive gifts, and maybe some surprises. Want to directly support the hosts of the show we just jumped into? Come back May 3rd for Max Fun Drive. And we are back for one more thing. We've got three video games to talk about. <laughs> wow. Pretty, pretty wild stuff on this video game podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're really giving it away. What if people really wanted to hear about a movie or a show or a book? They were only going to listen to the end of the app. <laughs> They're like, I'm done. Just done. to see what? if we talk about games. those other forms of media. But Sick of those things. Well, the good oh, news well. is that they're all old games. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Maddie, fine. why don't you go first? What's your one? Mine is actually not an old game, Jason. Oh, Emily sorry. Has a Way 3 came out last Friday, and I played uh, well, all Well, you put three. one through three, so those are Yes, I did, games. because I played three video games this past weekend, and each of them is a couple hours long. Emily's Way 3 is actually three hours long. It's a beefier game. So these video games, they're indie games. They are set in... Okay, so the first two are set in AOL Instant Messenger entirely. Like you are typing into a chat window. And in the first game, you're typing to your unrequited crush, Emily. And I guess I won't give away whether the crush becomes requited or not. But, you know, (laughs) depending on what you do, it's heartbreaking or not. And it's it's basically a text adventure, but it takes place in an aim window. And the second game is the same way, except there's two girls, Emily and Evelyn. And you can sort of 
dating sim style decide which of them you want to pursue it becomes impossible to pursue them both there's this like incredible sequence where it's timed (laughs) messages and both of them are on the outs with their boyfriend or whatever guy is in their life and you have to decide which of them you want to console and they're like are you there and like a timer is ticking down and if you don't respond fast enough the other one is like wow screw you I guess you don't really care about me and it like gives you the exact same energy of having an actual AI. Conversation that's going that's amazing wrong. that really and then is the amazing the third one is the most ambitious of all three of them and i would say each it's of the on games, facebook it's on facebook it's on oh, facebook circa I said that as a joke. no it's for real on yeah, facebook yeah. and it's like an entire facebook interface again circa 2008 and your Facebook messaging, your crush, but also she has her own profile. Well, there you, there's two crushes again. It's still Emily and Evelyn. And then there's like other guys, you know, and like they have their own dramas and like they'll maybe pursue mm-hmm. the girl you're interested in. And you have to like look at people's wall posts and be like, oh, my gosh, these people are flirting. And it's so freaking stressful. I, <laughs> I guess I recommend like these it. games, but like. I got like actively stressed out playing Emily as a way three at various points. Yeah, I feel like real life romantic life is I guess it's it's more meant yeah. for people like us who are like in <laughs> healthy, stable relationships. Yes and no. People who are I mean and- I, I'm I'm not sure who it's for. Like it's so realistic. So so another thing I thought about while I was playing this was that although the game sort of lets you put in your own information, it is sort of written from the voice of a stereotypical straight guy. And there's like a few reasons why that is like the other characters basically assume that you aren't interested in any of the men, you know, but that you are interested Mm -hmm. in any of the girls and like just the way that you talk. I mean, it has me thinking a lot about like communication styles and like sometimes the character will say things that I'm like, I would never say this, but it's the only options here. Mm. So I guess I'll say this and I'm I'm going to try to find the time this week to write about that for Polygon. We'll see if I succeed or not. Um, <laughs> Hopefully. But that part of it has been fascinating. And so I recommend it from that vantage point, just because it really got me thinking about how people communicate and how you can be misconstrued when you're like, you know, quickly, quickly typing something in social media and so forth. And it did make me feel really stressed out, which I think is precisely what it's supposed to do. But it also just reminded me of all the fights on social media that I've had with like paramours or friends. And I was just like, I don't know if I needed to go back to this place mentally. Like this is Mm. a very effective game. Like, yes, you know, texting your crush feels game-like and you can win or lose in a sense, but that's a weird way to think about people. But that's (laughs) That's kind of the point the game is making though. Uh. And like, that's that's the lesson that you learn is that like sometimes you can't say the right thing and that's, I think, an interesting and cool message, but it's also just so freaking stressful. So I don't know. It was was an interesting experience and and people can check it out if they want. They're on Steam and Itch.io. Emily is away is what them is called. Love an operating system game. It's always fun to play a game that takes place in an operating system yeah um, all right i'm gonna go next i'm playing a game that i'm really into that i'm surprised i haven't played yet well i guess i just didn't have time whatever that's less interesting <laughs> than the game itself the game is a game called subnautica which i'm guessing a lot of people have probably at least heard of um, that i knew of it's made by unknown worlds entertainment which is an indie team pretty small team of developers led by charlie cleveland and uh it's a game about going underwater on an alien planet and exploring and also about crafting stuff for your like underwater habitat and submarine, but mostly about exploring. And the last time it came on my radar was when we were all raving about Outer Wilds, a game that 
among other things, is a triple-click pick, an incredible, incredible game that's also about exploration. And people said, you know, a game that really has a lot of Outer Wilds energy is Subnautica. And I thought to myself at the time, oh, does it? I, I always thought that it was like No Man's Sky or Minecraft, like just kind of an underwater version of No Man's Sky. It isn't, actually. So the, I'd say I have a specific thing about this game that I'm going to talk about this week. I've played a lot of it. I've been really into it. And I'm going to play a lot more, and I'll probably talk about it in later weeks. But just to anybody who has thought about playing it but hasn't, you know, has just has that level of awareness of what it is, I think that it is actually very important that people know that Subnautica is a handcrafted game. It's not procedurally generated. And it tells a specific story. It, it's a long game. You explore and you craft and you build your stuff. But over the course of it, you go deeper and deeper. You learn more about this alien world. Um, you have crash landed on this alien world. You're like the kind of the sole survivor of this huge ship. And there's all this like world building and environmental storytelling. Both some of it is just like you'll find escape pods with stuff about Altera Corp, the, the corporation you work for. There's a lot of kind of sci-fi capitalism stuff, you know, we own your body and all of that. Um, but there's also the story of this planet that you've landed on. And it's both a sort of the narrative of other people who've come to visit it and alien intelligence that's there. And then like the ecological story of the planet itself, which is a big part of it. It's like these different biomes that you explore that all interlink with one another. And you learn about the different life that are there and like the sea life and the flora and the fauna and the way this planet has evolved. And it's so cool like all of that just the feeling of exploring it is cool it sounds amazing it's yeah. amazing it's really a hell of an achievement for some reason i thought it was a horror game maybe i was thinking of soma so well that's the thing i'm gonna talk about <laughs> well it is there's ghosts it's, underwater there's Beware. no ghosts but it is intensely scary depending on how you feel about the deep sea okay and for me actually I've learned, I've known this for a while. I have like a really low key phobia. I don't know if I'd say it's a phobia, but like a fear of dark water and of things looming out of the dark water. For me, it's actually very specific. Um, there's There are like subreddits about this and I've read it. It's The fear of the ocean is kind of the broad one, but it's mm -hmm. kind of specific for me. It's actually like being on the surface of the water up a, up next to a huge structure or vessel that is like looming above me in maybe the nighttime and then going down below me into the water as well and I'm just in the water next to it like that's a very um, anxiety yeah. inducing huh. stressful thing for me yeah I, I don't mean, know it wow. sounds scary but how often does that happen to you Every the thing day? is in, <laughs> in Subnautica it happens constantly like the game wow. is okay. like so I, it's actually it's been a kind of really interesting process playing this game where I'm like God, like over and over and over again, you have to just you're going down into a big pit and it's mm -hmm. just dark and you just have to go down and then slowly like these shapes will loom up at you and it'll maybe be a huge wreck that you have to explore. That kind of thing. Like it just makes me feel a little like when I'm playing it. But then because it's not really like a monster game, it's not a horror game. Um, I, I'm learning to relax. So it's kind of been a really great process of like working through this thing. And it's not like mm -hmm. a debilitating phobia or anything. It's just I feel right, this. But it's just like some light exposure therapy for you. It's exactly. like what, what a therapist might tell you to do is play this video. Game. Exactly. <laughs> and there are like big, creepy, freaking 
fish and like crabs and there are these huge things called reaper leviathans that will kill you if they get you and they're huge and they are scary and they roar and like the first time it sounds like the one section of uh of outer wilds also so yes Mm. it uh, the outer wilds thing is very much the feeling of like getting out of the ship and then you're in you're running out of oxygen and you're floating around and especially in outer wilds when you're in the whatever it's called the like area where the huge fish are like that is extremely subnautica like very very similar though the thing is in subnautica it's not like it's more gamey in a lot of ways than Outer Wilds because you're doing all this crafting and there's all these materials you're collecting. So there's all these like scaffolded subsystems of crafting. That's actually like it's pretty arcane, like it gets kind of micromanagey. But there's never like a section, or at least I haven't gotten to a section where you have to like go through a gauntlet of like fish that are trying to kill you. It's never like that. It's just like you find a new biome and there's kind of a big mother effer up there. And it's like you kind of just got to keep your distance, but it's fine. It's not like hunting you or anything and you don't have to fight it. It's just that some of the fauna or some of the yeah fauna are deadly or like kind of dangerous and big and you just keep your distance but there it's like a it's an indie game like it's not like super high def and the monsters have all this ai and they're chasing you like they're kind of just up there and then they get aggroed if you get near them so once you i get my head around that it actually makes it even easier for me to just like sort of relax and be like it's gonna be fine man like you just just go right past them like it's not it's not a big deal and it's more about the just sights and the sounds freak me out a little but it's been good it's been a nice like you said maddie exposure therapy it's a really wonderful game can i can i ask you a question kirk uh yes yes go ahead so i think i'm wondering and i'm sure a lot of people are wondering there's a sequel that i think is in early access slated to come out for real at the end of may so do you think like people should just wait and play that is like do you know do you have any sense of like i don't know and i haven't played it i would say play this one and then play that one i mean this one's great and i don't know that the that uh, below zero it's called is like a huge leap or change i think just play this one it's it's finished and um the the other one's still in early access so that would be my advice but again i I haven't played i want to uh one last thought is just that um riley mcleod who we used to work with at kotaku Mm -hmm. tweeted out this article that i wrote this big thing it's i spent a really long time on it was this big like reported thing about guns and me and like my relationship with guns this is in the wake of the most recent mass shooting which i can just leave generic because there will probably be another one by the time this is published um but it was just about like life in a growing up in a world surrounded by guns and guns and media and then writing about them about video games and anyways there's a section in there where I talk about Subnautica, which I hadn't played, but Charlie Cleveland had said, like, in this kind of really eloquent way, like, I didn't want to have any guns in this game. There aren't any guns because, like, I don't have, like, a whole thing. He didn't make a big thing out of it. He was just like, I don't want to make another game with a gun in it and it always stuck with me it was like a cool way that he put it and it's really nice to be playing the game now and as much as i would love to have like a huge like bfg to blow away these huge monsters it's actually really nice that i don't because then it like sets the parameters of the game it's like just go around them man and it is fine they're not going to hunt me down i don't have to get in any fights Mm -hmm. so anyways it's a nice game for dealing with phobias in a sort of way and also just a very cool game and maybe a, a nice game for rethinking an environmentalist position where not having a gun is good and just letting nature have its horrific things yes. that you avoid and respect <laughs> and you don't need to yes. shoot a gun at them. I right. like and that too. Yeah, not heavy handed about it. It's just kind of there in the way the game works. So it's a wonderful game. I'm really loving it. I'm sure I'll talk about it more as I play more if I can really muster up my courage to go to this deep zone. Um, Jason, <laughs> your one more thing. Let us have it. My one more thing is 
Starcraft 2. Longtime listeners of the show know that this is a game that I have loved for a very long time. I've been on a big kick recently. I've been playing a bunch of Starcraft nice. 2, a bunch of multiplayer, a bunch of single player, worked my cool. way up through the 1v1 ranks to get back up to the Diamond League, which is where, oh where, my which gosh. Is where I am. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm pretty right? good. I wouldn't say I'm like great at Starcraft or anything. You're but good. I, I played against own. you. You're, 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 you're better than the average bear. Pretty yeah, good. But, but I want to say <laughs> that like if you haven't played Starcraft or if you've been curious about it or like you you put you picked it up years ago and you like thought maybe you'd return one day um it is awesome it holds up super well the campaign stuff is really cool i wouldn't say the story is like the best story ever but like there's some creativity and a lot of the level design and the campaign stuff um it's free to play now so like anyone can download it and jump into like i think the whole first campaign is totally free and also the multiplayer and so that's what's cool about the multiplayer is that like even though blizzard has basically abandoned this game and has said like we're not making new stuff for it anymore and that whole team is gone and they just are like updating the servers and that's it um there's a giant community of players and when i lock in and i play 1v1 it takes me less than 30 seconds to find a match it's like quicker than uh active games often often take wow. to like find a mm-hmm. multiplayer game it's much quicker than like destiny for example um which is awesome and it's like it's such a good game it's such a cerebral like exciting game and it's so much fun to both play and watch i've also been watching uh some of the gsl matches which is starcraft esports and there's like there are these two casters announcers um tasteless and artosis who are both amazing and, and have been doing all these amazing matches um and it's just so much fun to just get into because like you can wake up in the morning back when I in the day I think I've talked about this a little bit back in 2010 when it first came out I was a freelancer and I would start off every single morning by like playing a match of Starcraft before breakfast <laughs> wow. just get you wake just you like wake up in the morning it's such yeah, a rush Man, yeah. it's so good because it's like you're playing and it's like you can play a match in like 10-15 minutes sometimes it'll be longer but usually around 10 minutes um, and it's just such a good jolt of like oh man like such a rush when you win and it's such a it's a rush even when you lose because you're like oh man I could have done that better I could have done that better and you feel like you're constantly learning and making progress and man if you commit to a game I don't know I've never been like a huge esports person or anything like that but like the one game that I played competitively and got really into is Starcraft and I feel like most people can and I feel like it's good for your brain and it's just like like good for your instincts and I, I felt like it was a really healthy part of my day to be like playing Starcraft regularly so um, I think I'll probably stick with it for a while just like keep jumping nice. in to 1v1 I go in these kicks where like I'll play it on and off like every once in a while I'll, mm-hmm. I'll stop playing for a bunch of time and then jump back into it one day but um, yeah I forgot how much I love it and like how good a game it is even to this day so highly recommended Starcraft nice. 2 go check it out yeah. it's free everyone should go download it it's yeah, free yeah I should go f- yeah, I, I never finished free. some of the stories. you stuff really and should and, and like the really multiplayer like is games. so much fun and then there's this other mode called co-op commander where like you play mm-hmm. with uh, another person and you're playing you against, and I like, should play together enemy yeah. AI stuff mm-hmm. and then you can also play 2v2 like against other players there's there's a ton of options and that's and there's also a whole custom campaign thing where like it's everyone creates custom modes and you can or custom maps and you can like do all mm-hmm. sorts of crazy things it's really a robust game and there are now three four campaigns in it oh the other thing is there's this campaign called nova covert ops which is like you play as a ghost and it's essentially starcraft ghost as a starcraft 2 campaign also really cool um, yeah, a lot of good nice. stuff in StarCraft right. these days. This makes me want to kind of stop playing Subnautica and play StarCraft. Well, that's funny because I want to play Subnautica now. <laughs> well, you should. It's, that's good. That's good. There's room for both. Um, all right. Well, that is, uh, that's it. 
that's it for for our one year anniversary show. So happy anniversary! Yay. Happy birthday to us! Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see all of you in a week. Yeah. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll consider supporting us by becoming a member at MaximumFun.org join. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.